Right, gentlemen, we are Lamad Aleph Omad Base. Lamad Aleph Omad Base. Um, I think nine lines from the bottom. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, Clive sends his apologies. He couldn't make it tonight. Um, okay, has everyone got it? Okay. Now, if you remember, before Yonsef, we were learning, we've originally learned about Hano coming to the Mishkan and davening quietly, which was considered strange because that had never been done in, uh, until that time. And she davened that she should have a baby boy, uh, uh, have a child. And then we had this forwards and backwards. And then we carried on that Hannah brought Shmuel, according to some, when he was two years old. According to some, he was a bit older. But whatever it was, now we started the Gemara. We're going back to the time when Hannah first came when she davened for a child. So this is where it starts. For Hannah, he medaberes alibo. Please feel free to ask any questions you want. For Hannah, he medaberes alibo. Hannah was speaking al-libo, on her heart. Now, this is an unusual expression because she was talking from her heart. So either it should be either el-libo or belibo or me-libo. What is this al-libo on her heart? So on the Rebbe Loza ben Zimra, Rebbe Loza says in the name of Rebbe ben Zimra, al-iske-libo. Hannah was referring to matters that were physically upon her heart. Why? What happened? Omri Lafono, she said to him, Rabbi Nishlana, master of the universe, kol ma'ashe barosa ba'isha, whatever you created in a woman, lo barosa dovo echod l'vatolo. You didn't create anything for no reason. So, for example, a naim liras, you created eyes to see, va'oz naim lishmaya, ears to hear, chotem l'horiach, a nose to smell, which is very important at this time, a mouth to speak, your dime lasts hands with which to do work, feet with which to walk, and you created breasts in order to feed babies. So carries on Khan and says, The breasts that you have put upon my heart, which you've created, what are they for? Surely they are to nurse, to feed a child with. Give me a child that I might, I may nurse with these, with the breasts. So what we're saying is, what the possible is, she is speaking al-libo, literally al, what is physically on her heart. Physically on her heart was her breasts, which were able to feed a child. She said, what did you create that for if not to feed a child? So that was one of her points. Now, we carry on to something else, which has nothing to do with Hanor, nothing to do with Brochus, but because the previous memra regarding breasts on the heart was said by Rebbe Lez in the name of Rabbi Yosef ben Zimra, we quote another memra in his name as well. Whoever fasts on Shabbos. Now, why should a person want to fast on Shabbos? So the Mepharshim give two reasons why a person will fast. Either he will do it purely out of teshuva. He feels he's done something wrong. He's done an avera. He wants to do teshuva. 
So therefore, that's one reason why he fasts. A second reason why he might fast is because of something called a tanis halon, which means if you have a very bad, ominous dream, and, you know, you're very unhappy about it and very anxious about it, then um, you may also, in other words, you have a bad dream on the Friday night, and you don't want it to come true, you you can you you fast on Shabbos. That's another reason why you would fast on Shabbos. Now, anyone who fasts on Shabbos, the the decree of seventy years is annulled, is torn up. Now, what does what does that mean? Says Rashi, shall shivim shona. That's about sort of seven, eight lines from the bottom. Even if it's been decreed from the time of his youth that he's, now the Mephoshim explain, because Rashi doesn't sort of spell it out completely, but the Mephoshim and Rashi explain it means even if it's decided from his youth that he will have a hard life and he will be suffering, nevertheless, he will be, um, nevertheless, that will be abolished. Why? Because it's a very special thing to fast and shovels. Why? Says Rashi. If you fast on a Tuesday or Wednesday, that's one thing. But if you fast on a Shabbos, when everybody else is eating beautiful food, then it's an extra hardship to fast. And therefore, if you do that, the 70 years of suffering, according to Rashi, which for one reason or another, we don't know why, but it's been decreed that you should live a life of suffering, that can be abolished and you will live a good life. Now, I must say that uh, Danny got me onto this to discuss about what is this business about annulling 70 years? What does that mean? So I looked into it a bit and I want to quote from you in the Masif de Shas what the, the Ravio says. He says like this, First of all, what is the reason that you're allowed to fast in Shabbos? Because at the end of the day, you're taking, you have a din called Einig Shabbos, and part of that is to eat three meals. So by fasting, you're taking away from Einig Shabbos. So really, it shouldn't be such a good thing. We'll see the Gemara will discuss in a minute what you have to do about that. But he says, This is not in the Gemara, I'm just reading this out from the Rav Shabbos. The reason you're allowed to fast in Shabbos because of this Tanus, you are now the decree of 70 years. It is considered like saving lives. And everybody knows that if a person's life has got to be saved, then you're allowed to be Mechalel Shabbos for it. Now, this can mean one of two, since he says it's Hatsolos Nefoshas, we're talking about a person dying. And here, by doing something like this, his life is extended. So it could mean one of two things. It could either mean he will live till 70 when he was supposed to die younger, or it can mean he will live beyond 70. In other words, so the, the average person, uh, of course, a person lives much longer now, but as we say to Hillim, a man's life is 70 years. So even though it was decided that he, he will die at 70, but his life will be extended. So that is what the Ravio said. Now, the question is, where do we know this idea that a person's life can be extended? So the thing is like this. 
there's various places. There's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Daf Yud Ches, which says as follows, that Eli, the kind Godel, this is the Eli of our story of Chana, he had two sons. One was called Chofli, one was called Pinchos. And they were evil. And a decree was made that all their descendants will die young. Now, if Clive was here, he would be asking me, why should the descendants suffer because of Chofli and Pinchos? Well, I can't answer that. But what the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah tells us is that Rabba and Abaya were descendants of Eli. And the Gemara says that Rabba got an extra 20 years because of his Tyra. And Abaya got an extra 40 years, 20 years for his Tyra and 20 years for his Gemara's Hasodim. So we see in a Furish Gemara says that they got extra years over and above that what was allotted to them. Similarly, we see also in the Gemara in Yevomus, and I'm indebted to Rabbi A.A. A. Cohen, because I asked him, where does it say in the Gemara about extending life? He said, I don't know. Two days later, he came back to me. He said, I couldn't find it, but I phoned my son in Yerushalayim. Yevomus meant test on the base, straight away, just, just like that. And he says, by the way, and it carries on to Nun as well. <laughs> he, he knew it, he knew it. So in the Gemara in Yevomus, a very, very interesting Gemara, which discusses whether life can be extended or not. And it's basically a machlag between Rabbi Akiva and the Chachomim. And the proof that the Chachomim bring is, I don't know whether you can cast your memories back to Brochel Stuff Yud, where it was discussed, where it was discussed that Yeshaya came to, that uh, Yeshaya Hanovi came to Chizkiyo HaMelech and he told him off. And the reason why he told him off was because Chizkiot did not want to get married. So he said, why did you not want to get married? So he said, because I know Baruch HaKadosh, Benavius, I know that somebody, Menashe, is going to come from me, and he is going to be a very bad person, and therefore I don't want to get married and have children. So Shmuel Anov, so um, Yeshaya Anov, said to him, that's not your business. You have to do what's correct, and you know, if a bad person comes, that's not your cheshman. That's not for you to start deciding, you know, what God wants or not. So what happened was he did Teshuva and Yeshaya said in the name of Hashem, I'm giving you an extra 15 years. In fact, the interesting thing was he wanted to marry. He said to Yeshaya, if you think it's so important that I get married, Tendi Bratoch, give me your daughter. <laughs> I'll marry your daughter. In any case, in the end, actually, he did marry the daughter, but still, it was too late. Manasha still came from it, etc. But at the end of the day, he did Teshuvah, and Yeshaya said to him, in the name of Hashem, obviously it was a message from Hashem, I will give you 15 extra years. And he gave him 15 extra years. And that is the proof that the Chachonim in Yevomus, Memtes Amabeth, bring that a person's life can be extended. In other words, even though there was a gazera that that person will die at such and such an age, it can happen as well under various circumstances that a person's life can be extended. So according to that, now come, with all that, coming back to the Gemara, we can learn it, that means if a person fasts and shudders. And as Rashi says, this is a much harder thing than fasting during the week because he sees everybody eating nice food and he doesn't do it. And therefore, um, even if it's decided, according to Russia, that he'll have a hard life, he will, this will be annulled, and he will have a good life. Or according to the other misfortune that we just discussed, 
It means that even if it was decreed that he would die at 70 years, his life could be extended. Or if, it was decreed, or if it was decreed that he would die earlier than 70, he would live at least till 70. Uh, Gerald? Yes. My, my original question was, yes. um, in the, on a Sanatokov, it says, me bekitso or me lo bekitso. Yeah. And the art scroll down below mm-hmm. says, that if somebody is bad, so to speak, Hashem will, will, um, can make your life shorter because everybody's yeah. got a pre, as you just said, everybody's got a, a fixed time. And therefore, if you do bad, it doesn't, it, it you can go short. But it doesn't say anywhere in the art scroll that Hashem extends your life. So you've just explained to me. Yeah, but this is, I, I, so if you look at those Gomorrahs, Rosh Hashanah, your test, and your let me just finish. Let me just finish. So according to the, I know what you just, according to the man that almost said you don't, you can't extend your life. What, what I originally asked you, what are we dabbling for, um, um, on we've got a predetermined life. So what are we dabbling for? If there's a pre, and according to the man that almost, you don't, you can't extend your life. What are we dabbling for? Because well, well, perhaps you, you, then you're dabbling that at least you should get, get, be able to get to the years that has been destined for you and that you shouldn't die earlier. Leiderkitzo means you, you do not arrive to the time. Say, for example, it was decided you will live till 80. So you're dabbling, let me live at least till 80 right, and I don't yeah. want to die at 75. But not lot longer. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Not- Anyways, look, these are sort of, higher things which we really we, we really don't understand but it's interesting that the Gomorrahs that they actually discuss this okay so now go back going back to the Gomorrah now sorry to interrupt sorry, sorry? Inter- where where are we please oh i'm sorry we are now lamad alaf omad base omni we started off nine nines before the bottom so now we are um four li- or five lines from the bottom thank you can you see it? Yeah. Okay. So we said Kalayanish of Tanus, anyone who sits at Tanus is uh Shoma, whatever that means, is annulled. Now it carries on and says, but Athelby Kane, and nevertheless, despite the fact that it's a marvelous thing for fasting, because you see that even his Shivim Shoma can get changed, nevertheless, you've still taken away from the Ainuk Shabbos. So the Apple became They punish him slightly for the offense of that he neglected Onik Shabbos. Onik Shabbos means to, to be happy on Shabbos. And even though for you it took your anxiety away, and as the Mephoshim explained, why are you allowed to do that? Because if, for example, you have an ominous dream and then you fast, it makes you feel easier. Or if you want to do chuva, and you fast for it, you feel a lot easier. So therefore, for you, that is your own Shabbos. So therefore, that is okay. But nevertheless, since part of Anik Shabbos is eating, and by the way, part of Anik Shabbos is also sleeping. Mephorosh and Gomorrah says that. Important to know, right? Particularly when we come to the winter time, where I know some people attend Shurim about two o'clock in the Shabbos afternoon, right? But these, this, they, they, they take away from the fact that he has eaten on Shabbos, that he has fasted on Shabbos, that he's got to be slightly punished for this. Or Maitakante, so how does he make it good? How does he make amends for the Avera of fasting on Shabbos? 
He has to have an additional fast to the fast that he's already done. And Rashi says, it should be the next day if possible. In other words, because he fasted on Shabbos, on the one hand, it's a very good thing, and the 70 years, etc., get annulled. On the other hand, since he took away from the Yonik Shabbos, he has got to fast on the next day if possible. But if he can't fast two two days in a row, because to fast Shabbos on Sunday is not easy, right? Um, therefore, he can fast another time, but he has to fast another fast. Okay, let's carry on the Gemara. The Omar Rebbe Loza. Rebbe Loza said, Chana, literally, what it means is he flung words upwards to, to Shemayim. But what it means is she actually spoke in a disrespectful way to Hashem. Shenema, as it says, Vatispalel al Hashem. And she davened al Hashem against Hashem. Because really, we would expect to say Vatispalel el Hashem. That's the normal wording, just daven to Hashem. What does Vatispalel al Hashem? It means against Hashem. Malamed, we learn that she spoke disrespectfully to Hashem. And the Masha explains what, what was it that she said that was considered disrespectful? So two things, says Masha. One, if you cast your mind back, you remember she sort of threatened God, as it were, and said, it said, in Roy Tira, there was a double lotion, and the Gomorrah learned, if you give me a son, fine. If you don't give me a son, I will force you to give me a son because I will seclude myself with a man and act like a soita, et cetera, et cetera, and you have to give me a child. So that was that was a disrespectful, one one of the disrespectful things that she said to Hashem. And second of all, the Gomorrah that we learned tonight where she spoke about that her breasts have got a use in order to feed a child, says the Mashal, was also disrespectful. She She shouldn't have said it. She sort of said it in a complaining sort of way. And this was considered disrespectful. But Omar Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Loza said, Elio as well spoke disrespectfully to Hashem. Shenem, as it says in the Posuk, and you had turned their hearts backwards. In other words, it was within your power to direct their hearts towards you, but he allowed them to have a Yetzirah. Now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about as follows. There was a time when the majority of Klal Yisrael started being Ivor of Zoro, and they, there was the, the idol was called the Baal. And Elio, he had challenged Achov that he should assemble the prophets of the Baal. They should put a bull on the Mizbeach, but they wouldn't put fire to it. And whichever size bull would be consumed by the fire, that would be the person who is giving out the correct message. So the prophets of the Baal went first, nothing happened. And then Elio davened to Hashem, Aneni Hashem Aneni, please answer me. And then he said, let these people know that you are really Hashem. And it is you who have turned their hearts backwards. So in other words, he was sort of, so to say, blaming Hashem. Hashem, you gave them a Yetzirah to do bad. And therefore, in a way, it's your fault. So says the Gemara, this was also a disrespectful way of Eliyahu speaking to Hashem. However, Omer Rabbi Shmuel bar Rabbi Yitzchak, says Rabbi Shmuel in the name of Yitzchak, Minayin shechazak kodesh baruchu v'hoi v'lo l'Eliyahu. How do we know that Hashem agreed with Eliyahu? 
even though the Gemara tells us that Eliyahu spoke in a disrespectful way to Hashem, nevertheless, Hashem actually agreed. Because it says in the Apostle, Bashe Hariyosa. Hariyosa means, and the one who I cause to be evil. This is Apostle Kamicha, which is Bayanahu on that day, talking about when Moshiach comes. I will gather everyone together. And even the one who I caused to be evil. So in other words, Hashem is saying, I caused them to be evil by implanting in them the Yetzirah. Therefore, he was agreeing to what Eliyahu says. So the, the, the kasha they ask is, well, if Hashem agreed to Eliyahu, then why do you say he spoke disrespectfully? It can't be disrespectfully if, if Hashem agreed with him. So the answer, he could have said it in a more genteel way. Right, he could have said, listen, these B'nai Yisrael have got a Yetzirah, and therefore that's why they sinned, so please forgive it. But he didn't say it, he blamed it on Hashem. It was as a complaint to Hashem. That was the disrespect. Okay, let's carry on. Om Rebbe Chanina Rebbe Chanina. Om Rebbe Choma Rebbe Chanina. It says Rebbe Choma in the name of Rebbe Chanina. Il mole sholosh mikroz halolo. Wait, not for the following three psukim. The feet of the enemies of Israel, meaning, that's a euphemistic term, it means really Israel, that the feet of Israel will falter in judgment. What does that mean? In other words, on the day of judgment, we would have no defense at all. However, these three psukim show that Hashem gave us a Yetzirah, and therefore we've got a defense. Ah, we would have loved to do this and that and the other, but, you know, we've... you implanted in us a Yetzirah, we couldn't help it. First of all, Chad, the first passage is that's just the passage just quoted. And the one who I call to be evil. And a similar passage, which we said on the Kalnidri night, like a clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, basis royal. And so Hashem is saying that if he wanted to, he could remove the Yetzirah. In other words, I can do it like a clay in the hands of the potter. He can sort of, uh, you know, move it, move it around and do what he wants with it. So again, I, Hashem is saying, if I wanted to, I could take the Yetzirah away from you. So in other words, it's implying clearly that Hashem has put a Yetzirah into people. And Bechad Dechsev, the third one, Dechsev HaRisi, Raisi has labor ever mibasarachem, I will remove the stony heart from your flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, again, all these three pasukim come to say one and the same thing, that you have got a Yetzahara implanted in you, and obviously it was Hashem implanted in you, and therefore these three pasukim are a defense. So on the day when Kali Yisrael get judged, they can turn around and say, we would have loved to do the right thing, but we had a Yetzahara was implanted into us, and therefore we couldn't help it. Rapopa Omar, Rapopa says, another pasuk to, to, to show that we've got the Yetzara. I will put my spirit into you. And I will make it so that you will walk in my statutes. In other words, Hashem is then saying, I will abolish the Yetzara. So again, implying, but up till that time, we do have a Yetzara. And again, this is a defense for us. But Amr Rebbe Loza, Rebbe Loza said, Maisha as well spoke disrespectfully to Hashem. He says, Vayispala Maisha Hashem, Maisha Rabbeinu Davun to Hashem, 
Al-Tikri El-Hashem, don't say El-Hashem to Hashem, El-Al-Hashem, against Hashem. Why? Because we're talking about now, Shekain to Be'erab Yaakov, Be'erab and Yaakov, Karin the Alfin Ainen, the Ainen Alfin. In the Yeshiva of Lezeb and Yaakov, they used to read the Alephs as Ions and Ions as Aleph. So therefore, the word El and Al is similar. So it's Vatuspalel Al Hashem. Now, what, what, in which way did Moshe Rabbeinu speak against Hashem? Here we're talking about the Misainanim. When they came out of the, when they were in the Midbar, they complained that they were tired from the journey and Hashem brought a fire and they complained, etc., etc. And it says, by Spalel Moshe El Hashem. And the Mephoshim explain, it doesn't say, it doesn't say what he was misspelled for. So the answer was that the complaints that they made, he, it's as if he passed it straight onto Hashem and said, look, you deal with it. So again, he was, as it were, being uh, disrespectful to Hashem by saying, look, you did this, you deal with the complaints. And similarly, the Be'er Rabbiana Amr Mahachot in, in the, the uh, uh, Yeshiva of Rabbiana said, V'dizahov. Now, the word Dizahov comes in the first posuk of Devorim. And what happens is, the um, it, 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 it mentions all the various places where the Bnei Yisrael have been in the Midbar. Remember, Devorim is a repetition where Moshe Rabbeinu is going over everything that had happened to Klal Yisrael in the Midbar. And it gives various place names. Now, those place names, they are reminders of Averis that were done, sins that were done in the Midbar. So Vidizahov was a name place, but it referred to, we'll see what the Gemara says. The Gemara says Vidizahov, my Vidizahov, what does the word Dizahov mean? Because D means die, enough, and Zahov means gold. So Amen Rei Rabbiana, Kach Oma Moshe Lefnei Kodesh Baruch Hu. Moshe said before Hashem, Rabbani Shalala, Master of the Universe, Bishvil Kesef V'zov Sheishpata Lohem Yisrael At Sheomru Dai. Because of the silver and gold that you gave Yisrael until they said enough, because remember it was Hashem who said, when they come out of Mitzrayim, take all the silver and gold with you. And because they had all this silver and gold at their disposal, Hu Goram Shosu Zaygel. That is why they made the golden calf. Had they not, had you not instructed them to take out the gold and the silver from Mitzrayim, they wouldn't have had the materials in the midbar in the wilderness. You can't get the silver and gold doesn't exist. So in other words, it was as, as if God, as if Moshe Rabbeinu was complaining to Hashem and saying, look, it's your fault. You can't blame Klal Yisrael for what they did for the Egel Azor. You gave it to them. You gave them the materials. You told them to take the materials out of Mitzrayim. And were it not for the fact that they had all these materials, they wouldn't have made it. Well, they wouldn't have been able to make the Egel Azor. So that's what you're saying. E, that's another example of Moshe Rabbeinu speaking disrespectfully to God by saying, basically, the Egel Azor is your fault. And it carries on. Omru Debei Rabyanai is said in the Yeshiva of Rabyanai, A lion does not roar if he's given a bark, a basket of straw. Rather, a basket of meat. Okay, what this means is, when a lion sees meat, he gets all excited, 
And, you know, then he, to, to the extent that you can start attacking other animals, etc., etc. But straw, straw is not something you give a line. So, so he was saying that that similarly, the Jewish people, they would never have disabroad and disobeyed Hashem if they wouldn't have been given so much meat, i.e. they wouldn't have been given so much gold in order that they could do the ego. And Om Rabbi this is like a person who had a cow that was very lean, or bony. He fed it karshinin. It's vetch, it's called. It's, it's, it's vetch is a very, um, it, it's a desirable animal food. It's a fodder which is made from peas, but it's something special. And it got the, got very excited. The, the, uh, cow got very excited and it would kick him. Omaloi said to it, to the cow, what caused you to kick me? I fed you. In other words, you saw the same way, the, the same way that you kicked me because you were excitable because of the extra good food that you had. So similarly, Yisrael sinned as a result of Hashem's generosity to them by taking out the gold and the silver. One little bit more. This is a moshal to a person who had a son. He bathed him and he anointed him with oil. He looked after him. He did everything for him. He fed him. He gave him to drink. And he hung a purse full of money on his neck. And he sat him down at the entrance of a house of prostitutes. My Yase Aisa What should that son do not to sin? In other words, you put him in a situation where it's impossible for him not to sin. So we're saying, likewise, Hashem enriched Yisrael when they came out from uh, Mitzrayim with all this gold and silver, and that placed them in the path of temptation once they had all this gold and silver, therefore they were able to make the Egel Azov. Okay, I think we'll leave it there.